Hello and welcome to the Respiratory Inspirations podcast. I'm your host, Raed Wake, chairman of the Respiratory Institute at Cleveland Clinic. This podcast of short, digestible episodes is intended for patients and their families and covers topics related to respiratory health and disease. My colleagues and I will be interviewing experts about timeless and timely topics in the areas of lung disease, severe critical illness, allergy, sleep, and infectious disease. Our goal is to help you stay informed in order to take better care of yourself and your loved ones. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome everyone to this episode of Respiratory Inspirations. I'm your host, Raid Wake, the chairman of the Respiratory Institute at the Cleveland Clinic. And my guest today is Dr. Rachel Talercio. Dr. Talercio has several roles in the Respiratory Institute at the Cleveland Clinic, including being our patient experience officer. She is also the director of our outpatient clinic in pulmonary. But for purposes of today, she also established and directs the chronic craft clinic, which is the topic of our discussion today. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Rachel, let's start with the basics. Uh, Tell us, what does chronic cough really mean? When does a patient know that they have a chronic cough? So chronic cough is defined as a cough that lasts for eight weeks or longer. So we have that cutoff of eight weeks or two months. It's a cough that can linger after you get an upper respiratory tract infection, for example. Yeah, so that's what differentiates it from things like the common cold or something else, which usually is short-lived, and that's, that's key to that, you know. So when you get a common cold, your cough should go away within days to weeks. Certainly shouldn't last after two months. Wonderful. And so what are the most common things that cause chronic cough? So as a patient, when you have a cough that lingers, a cough that doesn't go away, there are four main reasons for that. With exceptions, of course, but four main reasons. One is asthma. So asthma can cause breathlessness and wheezing and chest tightness. It can also just cause a cough. And this cough can last throughout the day and night. So think about asthma. Upper airway cough syndrome is a fancy term for what we think of as patients as post-nasal drip. So drainage from the sinuses coming down into the back of your throat and triggering cough. Thirdly is heartburn. So patients, I've, I've found that Not everybody understands the terminology heartburn. Some patients refer to it as reflux. In medicine, we call it GERD, which stands for gastroesophageal reflux disease. So this condition, acid into the esophagus, a volume of reflux into the esophagus, which is the food pipe that runs in front of the trachea, the main airway, can cause a chronic cough. And lastly is a terminology that's not well known, and you may have a hard time when you look this up on Google, it's non-asthmatic eosinophilic bronchitis. So it's inflammation in the airways without what we call bronchospasm, which is when the airways tighten and cause the inability to breathe. So it's inflammation in the lower airways causing cough. Yeah, you mentioned Dr. Google and many patients that I've seen in clinic, before they see anybody or call anybody, they go online and try to self-diagnose, you know, cough or anything else. You know, is that something do you recommend? Can we as at least try to kind of figure out what's wrong with them before they reach out to you? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I, I, I appreciate when patients take charge of their health, when patients are their own advocate and they do some education and research. And 
I caution patients, be careful about what you read. So the first thing you might see with a chronic cough is you diagnose yourself with lung cancer. You have to be very careful. So often in Google, some of the first things that come up are the most dangerous or the things that are really scary. So use a website like the Cleveland Clinic website that has reliable information that can really distill it down and make it easy to understand. The reason, you know, people search Google or the internet for causes of cough is one to know that they have something serious or not. But the other one is to see if they can treat themselves. You know, there's a lot of over-the-counter medications for cough. What's your recommendation to that approach? Should the patients try that before reaching out to you? Or uh, what, what do you think about what's available over-the-counter? It's certainly reasonable to try over-the-counter medications, particularly if the cough is days to weeks. So if you're not sure if this is going to be chronic, if it's been, you know, four to six weeks or even shorter than that, you know, you want to give yourself symptom relief from the cough, you can use over-the-counter medications. So common ones that can be effective. Let's say you know that there's post-nasal drip. You can feel it <laughs> and your sinuses are congested. Intranasal steroids like Nasacort and Flonase are very effective, and you're going to get a response within a few days if you've got the right diagnosis, what we call second-generation antihistamines. So these are the ones that don't cause people to get drowsy. So we think of Zyrtec, Allegra, Claritin. Certainly, if you think post-nasal drip and or allergies are playing a role in your cough, try a second-generation antihistamine. There are lozenges that have a very good, what we call, antitussive effect. So they help provide symptom relief from cough. Sepacol lozenges contain benzocaine. Pine Brothers lozenges are lubricating. So patients report that these are effective. It's perfectly reasonable to use over-the-counter cough syrup, again, for symptomatic relief, to help yourself sleep through the night if the cough is days to weeks. And then additionally, many patients are surprised to hear that guaifenesin, which has the brand name of Mucinex, has an antitussive or an anti-cough effect. So that can also provide relief. So great. So, uh, but the key what I'm hearing from you is short term. You know, short don't term. Don't take these for the long term. And in short term, we're talking no more like than a week or two. Exactly. So are there any medications to avoid? You know, there are things, you know, uh, that people with cough should avoid. Well, I think one of the things I worry about is when patients use controlled substances to control their cough. So this would be things that we think of like pain medication. So pain medications, let's say you had a knee replacement, you've got some leftover Percocet. <laughs> that Percocet will control your cough, and it's very dangerous to use it for that purpose. That's not the intended purpose. That's great, but it suppresses the cough, but it suppresses other things as well. And exactly. of course, it's habit-forming, so that's not something you want to start with, at least. Do you ever uh, find yourself using these medications in chronic cough? And they're controlled, of course, after extensive evaluation. So patients with chronic cough often feel desperate. I hear that a lot from patients, particularly if it's a cough that's been years or decades. And I tell patients I avoid all narcotic-containing substances in my clinic because it's not worth it. It's a short-term treatment strategy. It's not a good long-term plan, and it can be habit-forming. So yes, it's going to give you that relief that you've wanted, but we can't use it long-term. So those are really medications to avoid. Yeah. 
Great, uh, great advice. So your clinic is highly specialized. You don't see just a garden variety cough. You know, by the time you've seen a patient, they have seen multiple providers, you know, specialists even, and then they, they send them to you. So as a patient, when they come to see you, what would they expect in this highly specialized chronic cough clinic? So as a patient, you'll probably get a call from a member of our care team asking you to send your records and your images because we want to review the testing that you've had, the chest imaging that's been done. We don't want to put you through any unnecessary testing. And patients have often seen multiple providers over the course of their cough. So we want to do a record review. We want to make sure that we're the only ones you need to see in clinic. So sometimes you might have an appointment in the Department of Pulmonary in addition to the Department of Ear, Nose, and Throat, or the Department of Gastroenterology. So we want to make the most out of your visit. If you have not had chest imaging, we think of that as like a chest x-ray, in the past year, you're going to get an x-ray on the day of your appointment before you see us. We are also going to do breathing tests. These are a critical way that we are going to evaluate your cough. So you'll be asked to do a forced expiratory maneuver, you're gonna work hard, so be prepared. The respiratory therapists are fantastic. They're gonna get a really good effort from you. So you're gonna be asked to take a big deep breath in and force the air out, and we get a lot of information from lung function testing. And lastly, we're gonna do a test that Dr. Dwake really has pioneered, the exhaled nitric oxide. So this is an inflammatory marker in the airways that can be elevated in certain conditions that cause a cough that doesn't go away. Wonderful. So it looks like you do an extensive evaluation. Do you, do you end up sometimes doing more testing after that initial evaluation, or that's all you need? We do. So based on the results of the pre-testing that was described, the record review, the review of imaging, we may add additional tests. And of course, we want to hear the story of your cough as well. That's a key piece of this. So based on that evaluation, we then may order consultations with other specialists and or testing. Done that testing and maybe have a sense of what this cough is or isn't. What's your treatment approach for uh, patients who come to you with this chronic cough? So I tell patients the most important thing is that we do one medication trial at a time. So first of all, it's critical to get a detailed history from patients about what has been tried. Often these patients have tried numerous medications, not just what's been tried, but what was the dose, how often a day did you take it, and how long did you use it for? So some patients will say, oh, I've done inhalers before, I've used those before. And then when you really get the history, you find out that they tried it for a day or two and it didn't work. So you really want to get a very detailed history of what has been tried and what has helped. So gosh, in the past, when you've done all these medication trials, what gave you relief? That's very important before we then decide what medications to use. Yeah, that's a great point. And I remember many of the patients that I have seen and and see in clinic, they think they've taken a medication, but they didn't take it long enough or did not take it the right way, especially with inhalers. There's an inhaler technique that's involved that's Absolutely. very, very, very important. So you mentioned that uh, sometimes you end up arra- to arrange other appointments based on your review of the records of a patient. So what other specialties do you uh, engage in your multidisciplinary team for cough evaluation and management? 
So the specialty that you are most likely to see along with the Department of Pulmonary is ear, nose, and throat. So we we also call these doctors head and neck. So a lot of cough that doesn't go away is due to at least in part nerve sensitivity, a heightened nerve sensitivity in the throat. And so these doctors have special injection therapies that they can try. It's also good to get a, a sinus exam so they look inside your nose and inside your sinuses to make sure that we're not missing anything. So that's the specialty that you're most likely to see. Then when it comes to treatment, is there any treatments that you offer in your clinic that are different from what a person would be offered elsewhere, or is it just a matter of making sure it's done right, or there are also newer treatments that you use? So in addition to medication trials and off-label use of medications, Equally as important, and what patients often haven't heard of, is a treatment called behavioral cough suppression therapy. This is done by speech-language pathologists who are trained to help manage chronic cough. I tell patients, this is not a medication, so that's always a great thing. And this will help you get control over your cough. This is particularly helpful for patients who have severe coughing. Patients call them JAGs. They have severe coughing jags or episodes that can last a long time, and even some patients pass out or vomit. They're horrible episodes. So these techniques employ breathing, respiratory retraining. It's You get education on cough triggers and the cough reflex, and it helps you get conscious control over your cough. So if the jag starts, you can maybe stop it or get some relief from that. That's great. So you've talked about medical treatment and maybe non-medical kind of treatment for cough. What uh, should a patient expect? You know, if you've had cough for like six months versus somebody who had cough for 20 or 30 years, what, what should they have as expectations for treatment of their cough? So it's important during our visit that we talk about what you are hoping for out of the visit and what I hope to provide. And what I tell patients is the longer you've had a cough, the harder it is to get to zero. So we, I often ask the question for patients, give me a, an idea, zero to 10, with zero being no cough and 10 being the worst cough of your life, where is it right now? So if a patient tells me they're at an eight out of 10 and they've coughed for 20 years, I say, okay, our goal is to get to zero and it might be hard to get there. How would you feel if we got to a three or a two? And most of the time, if not all the time, a patient says, that works for me. I'll take it. Yeah, of course, that makes sense, you know, especially if you're dealing with something for, for so long. Is there any new research going on in the cuff area? Any new developments? You know, you, people just travel to see uh, you. I'm sure they're expecting maybe to hear if there are any clinical trials or anything going on. So I'm very excited to share with the audience that we do have drug development in the management of chronic cough. There are four major pharmaceutical companies that are creating medications to help treat a chronic cough, particularly the severe type of cough that doesn't go away after months or years. So these medications, the first one has been submitted to the FDA in March of this year and may be approved as early as the beginning of next year. So this would be a medication, a prescription for chronic cough. So this is very exciting. So I tell patients at the end of the visit, if nothing else, I want you to have hope that there's always things that we can do 
There's always different things that we can try, and there is a lot of drug development in this area, so stay tuned. That's great. I know you see a lot of patients with cough that has not been resolved or treated by many other professionals. Can you think of a particular case or something you want to share with our audience about how continuing with the hope theme that you've seen somebody who had had cough for a long time and you were able to help them? So my patients with chronic cough are suffering. There's no question. And patients often share with me the depression and the anxiety that they feel that this cough is just plaguing them, especially with COVID. So if they're out shopping and they cough, everybody looks at them like they have an infection or something that they can catch. Patients have actually asked me to write letters that say, I have a chronic cough and it's not due to an infection. So they can show this letter at an airport, for example. So I see these patients who have had a cough that's been disabling for them for years. And it's very rewarding when we can come up with a treatment plan that gives them relief from cough. So I think of one particular patient that I saw that had whose cough was so severe that she was in the emergency room. She had had seven visits to the emergency room in the year prior to me seeing her. She had passed out from the cough and had to be taken to the emergency room by ambulance. And this patient we diagnosed with cough hypersensitivity syndrome, which is an unusual cause of chronic cough. And we put her on medication and she told me she got her life back. Wow. That's a great statement. That's not... (laughs) Thanks, life-changing uh, yeah. treatment. So thank you again for doing that and for uh, establishing this clinic that helped so many uh, patients. Any uh, parting thoughts to our audience before we uh, close this podcast? So I think, you know, for my patients with chronic cough, you are not alone. <laughs> A lot of people feel like you do, desperate for help, like nobody has listened to them. We are here to help. We're here to help you get control over your cough. There's a lot of exciting research in this area. So have hope that your cough will get better. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, our audience, for listening to our podcast today. Again, my guest was Dr. Rachel Talercio, who founded and directs the Chronic Cough Clinic at the Respiratory Institute at the Cleveland Clinic. And I'm your host, Tri Dwake, the chairman of the Respiratory Institute at the Cleveland Clinic. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Respiratory Inspirations. For more stories and information from the Cleveland Clinic Respiratory Institute, you can follow us on Twitter at Clee Clinic Lungs or follow me at Triadwake MD. Thank you. <music>